0: What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, this podcast is going to be an appreciation of Nikola Jokic, but done in a way that you're not necessarily thinking. Uh, Those of you who uh, pay attention to my Twitter account, Uh, i've got two i've got at csg underscore network where this podcast goes and then i retweeted on my account which is at jmorton 78 well the jmorton 78 has become an account largely dedicated to my second podcast which is called the gen x show and you know as as basically it's a podcast about being me being old i mean basically it's i mean completely completely on brand Jeff is old and out of touch, so that's basically about me, and plus a bunch of other things like, you know, my life, LGBTQ life, and uh, all these things like that. So, I mean, it really encompasses all that is me. An adjunct of this uh, has been, uh, I I have revealed to people my obsession with uh, music and movies, um, of which I have uh, knowledge of... Uh, as much as I do the Denver Nuggets. And uh, I I joke about this all the time, but it's semi-true. I guess I'm semi-joking is that um, my knowledge of all this trivial stuff regarding the Nuggets and all this other music and, and movies has pushed out all relevant knowledge of functioning and life. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's been my issue here, and that's and uh, we could I could talk, probably sit on a couch and, and and talk about that for ages. But the point is, I last night if the Nuggets beat the Kings, uh, that to go to twenty two and eleven, and they're sitting atop the Western Conference, uh, and as uh, the the best record record in the Western Conference and the second best record in the NBA. Um, they're tied with the Bucks for that. The, um, an analogy came to me that you, a lot of you are not going to get, but I will do my best to explain my analogy with Nikola Jokic and a famous director who happens to be my favorite director. But, uh, they come together in a way that you aren't expecting. Um... I'm first I'm gonna talk about Jokic in his year so far and how spectacular it has been for him to do what he is doing a year after he won his second MVP. You know, we can talk about the forty point games. We can talk about the 40 forty forty, twenty-seven and whatever he got uh, ten that he got that one time, which was topped by Luka Doncic last night in a spectacular game against the New York Knicks. Um we can talk about all of that but we can also talk about how he's doing it in a way that people can't compute and i've i said this years ago uh, about him is that he they people particularly americans and we are very visually based we look at someone like Jokic, and we just don't think of him as a guy who should be dominating basketball games this is a this is a american thing we we just we just can't get it out of our heads that he doesn't look like a guy who should be dominating basketball games dirk had on this a little bit um there are other players who have had this um this i mean tim duncan was another one who didn't look like he should be dominating basketball games it's just we have trouble with this but with those guys, we kind of accepted it a little earlier than we have with Jokic. Jokic won his second MVP, and people still don't believe it. Um, there's sometimes people are ahead of the curve. They are they are ahead of where they the rest of people are, even though they're they arrive at the right time. Mentally, we aren't ready to accept them, and that is basically Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is doing things that um we have never seen before but he's doing it in a way that is completely un- unassuming, unpretentious and uh aversion basically this well-known aversion to being bathing in accolades which isn't a thing that another thing that we as Americans do not understand. Uh it computes to us to see Joel Embiid really trying to win his uh, and win an MVP. It means a lot. to them. we 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 can understand that. We can understand that with Luka Doncic. We can understand someone really wanting that personal glory, which does not take anything away from what they're trying to do for the team. But, but we are used to it. We're used to the show. The NBA is about the show, and. Part of the show is being about personal promotion, about being ubiquitous with advertising. It's about being everywhere, putting your stamp on your brand everywhere. It is it is a carryover from <clears throat> the Jordan Bird commercials of the early 90s. And uh, these... These things have carried forward because, you know, Michael Jordan was a massive, massive, massive brand and he, who happened to be the best basketball player that we've ever seen. And we're used to that sort of thing. It's just not something that we can compute because the, we take... It's not humility, but we take the lack of, of personal promotion as something that uh, is a weakness. It is not something that we look at as an attribute of some... Of, of of to be glorified, we don't we don't take and, it, and like I said, it's not humility on Jokic's part, and I'll get to that when I draw my comparison in the second half of the podcast. But Jokic does these things almost in a well basically, you know, it's very similar to if you're gonna, if you're gonna and this is not the comparison I'm gonna make, but it's very similar to Alex English. Alex English did a lot was the big leading scorer of the 80s and he wouldn't he was not about per, his own personal promotion and it didn't help that the nuggets were never on a were a very good team that were just never on national tv uh back then but um that he would do all this amazing stuff without seeking the glory um and a lot of that is um Nikola Jokic Nikola Jokic just doesn't operate that way he would rather be you know, hanging out with his horses as the joke is right. We all joke about Nikola Jokic would rather be out there uh, doing something with Dreamcatcher, right? But Jokic has been doing this in a year where he is somehow some way up this game. Um, We all know for a fact that Jokic would rather be um, not having to deal with carrying such an, a scoring offensive load. And there is a certain European aspect to this <clears throat> where players take a large scoring, um, and it's not every every European player that comes over, um, but there is a kind of a culture about what you're doing right now is selfish if you're seeking to score a lot. And that is something that is hard for some you know, many European players to overcome because it's like we're trained to be point about about team and part of the team is sacrificing and all this stuff, and the first thing you can sacrifice is scoring, um. And I think the 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 NBA ness of it is something that, that even Jokic is is starting to learn a bit, even though he doesn't like it. For example, his answer. Um, ...about Aaron Gordon's Christmas Day dunk. The right play that that uh, Gordon could have made was to pass it to Jokic... ...who, as Jokic pointed out in the press conference, he was open. There was some in tongue-in-cheek te- there, but I think Jokic was only half-kidding there. The right play would have been to pass it to Jokic. Um, the right NBA play was to uh, for Aaron Gordon to dunk that ball so hard... That Landry Schammett, um is now a spirit. And um, <laughs> that basically is it. That is the right NBA play. And there's a difference. Jokic is still uncomfortable with that. The right basketball play would have been for Gordon to just d- dump it off to Jokic, who was right on his left, and um, have Jokic have the easy dump-in layup. Okay, That would have been the right play. The right NBA play was for Gordon to smash it so hard that Landry Shamet went not only on the ground but under the the ground. Um, <clears throat> that was that is what that is. That is the right NBA play, and Jokic is not part of that. It, it, that is not part of the way he is wired. He doesn't look at things the same way we do as fans who observe the NBA. We, we ex- have expectations of self-promotion. We have expectations of people to accept the praise. All of this, we we look at it unequivocally like that is the way it should be. But Jokic is unpretentious. He is not a pretentious person. And now let me clarify here. Um, Jokic is still not my favorite player. Ever for who was played for the Nuggets. For me, that will always be LaFonso Ellis, and Fonz had the same thing. Fonz really enjoyed his time on the court, but he was a very unpretentious person, and um, I, I guess guys like that appeal to me. Um, but Jokic is clearly the best player who's ever come through Denver, and um, while not being quote unquote my favorite player, that's that's not a value judgment on him. I just. I just have an affinity for alfonso Ellis. It's, it will be there for the rest of my life. Um, but Jokic is clearly the best player who's ever come through Denver. Um, and he's the least, and he is also without a doubt next to Alex English, the least seeking of attention. Um, and that part is hard for many of us Americans to compute. I mean, it's just it's the way it is. And that is one of the reasons that the appreciation of Jokic has lagged behind, um his actual accomplishment and that happens you can be putting out something or doing something that is later going to be accepted as brilliant is later going to be accepted as something we've never seen before something that uh will be probably rightfully appreciated and worshiped for a long time that happens and it happens in many different forms of entertainment. Um, and that part is why I'm going to draw this comparison that I'm going to get to in the second half. Because that will make sense to you once you understand what I'm talking about. The unpretentiousness. The, the aversion to over-the-top praise. The lack of self-promotion And the uh, ahead of the timeness of 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 Nikola Jokic lead me to really draw a comparison to um, a man who is still around and is probably my favorite uh, uh, one of my favorite individuals who's ever ever been around. And uh, if any of you know me, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Or if you clicked on the title of this thing, because it'll be into that. But first, I want to talk to you. About Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the area block there, always online at bfwcolorado.com. There's a new branch in Fort Collins. If you're up there up north and you're listening to this, go. Check them out. Look up BFW Colorado and click on the Fort Collins uh, page and you'll be directed to where you can go to get your stuff there. Or you can uh, go, if you're in Denver, you can go down to the one in the Dairy Block, which is uh, my preferred place to go. I don't make it down as often as I would like to, but there is great selections of wines. Um, You know, we're coming up to New Year's. This is the last CSG of the uh, of 2022. So why don't you just go down and uh, tell tell them that uh, Jeff Morton sent you down there and get yourself some get some wine, get some great wine, get some reds, whites, blends, uh, uh, rosés, uh, and local Colorado wines. They have their own wine from Sonoma County that they make. Anything that you need to in the best wine bar in Denver. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coorsfield, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at BFW Denver, excuse me, BFW Colorado. That's the second time I made that mistake. BFWColorado.com. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. Anyone who has, uh, followed me or known me, uh, for, I mean, well, I mean, most of my life, but I mean, even long, uh, in even uh, less of a time than that. If you just follow me on Twitter, you knows that my favorite movie director of all time is Joan Carpenter. And, uh, this, this, while well, I'm wa- uh, watching the end of the, because I didn't see most of the game, I had to catch up on the highlights, um, when I'm watching this game and I'm watching Nikola Jokic just kind of casually goes go through twenty points, you know, ten rebounds and nine assists. And it occurs to me the lack of pretentiousness, uh the the ahead the ahead of his timeness, the appreciation later part is really like John Carpenter. Carpenter, um other than Halloween, which once again was a movie that was appreciated a little later than it should have been. Um, it was released in 78, and it really gained traction in, a year later in, in 79. No, maybe not a year, but, you know, into 1979. Um, a guy who, uh, from 1976 to 1988, and had one of the greatest streaks of, of movies you have ever seen, ever. Um, it, it's a, a streak so consistently good that it was... It uh, it ranks up there among the best in movie history. But each and every mo- one of those movies, aside from Halloween, wasn't appreciated until later. I'm talking Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween, The Fog, um, uh, Escape from New York, The Thing, obviously. Um, Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, and They Live. I mean, that streak of movies for 12 years ranks among the best ever <clears throat> for any director. And it is, wasn't appreciated until much later. And the lack of pretentiousness in his movies, I think, is what what appeals to me about John Carpenter. But his movies were so excellent and so consistently good that... He has such an amazing oeuvre of 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 you know, just like it's like having a resume out there and someone looking through it and goes, "Oh, you did this, you did this, you did this." <clears throat> it's the same thing with Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic has back-to-back MVPs um, and has lifted a Denver Nuggets team that uh, you know had went through the wilderness after Car- Carmelo Anthony was traded. And has accomplished something that basically we haven't seen. Um, and it's a streak of goodness that is only getting better. And like my boy JC, there is just a, a, a lag in appreciation. And some of that has to do with both men's lack of pretentiousness. Carpenter famously hates it when people intellectualize his movies. Um, there's a there's a great interview he did from 1978 when on the set of Halloween where he says he hates pretentiousness in all its forms. And you can tell it uh, just like it's so obvious when you watch his movies. The guys li- he, 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 what you see is what you get. Um he doesn't look for subtext aside from one maybe two movies in his canon. Um you're not looking for big subtext they live it's obvious he's talking about what he's talking about in they live it is so on the nose it's on the nose and that's one of the reasons people love they live it's just it's obvious what he's talking about um that is what he is but it's so good people do not appreciate him until later because it is sometimes people do things that are either ahead of their time or are released at a time when the public can't appreciate what is being accomplished. And John Carpenter did that from 76 to 88 and what's happening right now with uh, Nikola Jokic. And I I think, you know, Carpenter has become mythologized and he's legendary and uh, people appreciate him in 2022 going into 2023 probably more than he ever had in his career while he was making movies of course by the by the time the 90s hit the, the consistency is not as good i happen to enjoy every movie i've seen from john carpenter but it uh, it was like a, a, pl- a basketball and he will appreciate this as john carpenter is notoriously a, a huge nba fan um it's kind of like a player getting to the end of his career and um he's not as consistently good um i like i said i enjoy every one of his movies um i think i even like parts of ghost of mars folks um and that's that's how big a john carpenter fan i am um and i i think that there is a there is a unpretentiousness that followed him even through the latter half of his career he did two episodes of a of a Showtime series called Masters of Horror, and I, I highly suggest you check that out. Um, there is a uh, um, uh, hour long uh, uh, segment that he did called uh, in the first season called Cigarette Burns, and if you're into horror like I am, it is one of the best. Uh, one of the absolute best episodes of Masters of Horror. Um, it's so good, and I really highly suggest you check that out. Um, but this isn't this, isn't, this is CSG. This is uh, about basketball. Nikola Jokic may end up that part, but one thing John Carpenter did was he reti- basically retired in 2010 after he made a movie called The Ward, and you can argue that he retired too soon. And if we're looking at a correlation between himself and Nikola Jokic, I can see Nikola Jokic leaving the stage before he has to. I can see him basically saying, I've done what I needed to do. I'm going to go back to Serbia and uh, race horses and do the steeplechase and all this stuff. Um, stable racing and uh, all this stuff. He's, he, he will do that. And we will probably never hear from him in Denver again. He will have left his mark. And he will go on, on to a another stage in his life where he doesn't have to worry about making the right NBA play. And he can just focus on what he needs to focus on. And much like Carpenter has done, where he has chosen to just make music and do what makes him happy, it will be the same with Nikola Jokic. And um, that's pretty neat. And uh, it just occurred to me, like last night, watching this Nuggets game, that the similarities between Carpenter and uh, uh, Nikola Jokic are plentiful. They are both unpretentious, both ahead of their time, both guys that will uh, probably be appreciated long, long, long after their careers end. Uh, they'll be acknowledged for being game changers and their canon of accomplishments will go down in history as some of the best we've ever seen. Uh, it's pretty freaking cool folks. And you don't see that stuff like that very often. You know, people have accused me of being obsessed with old JC, but I'll be honest with you, the, the guy's canon of work, but even, even through the nineties, early nineties in the mouth of madness is a fantastic movie. It's my favorite of his movies. Um, and even after that, he still was doing great stuff. It just got less consistent. And Jokic may or may not enter into that part of his career. But right now we have a 27-year-old Serbian who still is playing basketball, making the right basketball plays, and being ahead of his time. And uh, we got to all sit back and appreciate what's happening right now because it don't come along very often. So anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest C, uh, CSG podcast, the Morecast. Uh, I will be talking to you, uh, well, in 2023. So goodbye.